This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion one verse at a time. Well, hello, and thank you for joining me on this recording of the One Verse Podcast. In this podcast episode, we're going to talk about whether or not there is a difference between believing in Jesus for eternal life and following Jesus as a disciple in this life. And if you don't understand the difference between those two concepts in the Bible, let me tell you, you will have great difficulty in understanding many difficult and troublesome texts in the Bible. Some passages that talk about being a disciple of Jesus, if you think those are about going to heaven or receiving eternal life or something like that, then you are going to be very confused. You will never know whether or not you have eternal life because some of the requirements, conditions for being a disciple of Jesus uh, require you to take up your cross daily, repent, uh, leave your sin behind, all sorts of things, and those are all good works. Okay, And so if you don't understand the difference, then you will think there will be lots of good works to, be, uh, to receive eternal life from Jesus. So anyway, we're going to talk about all of that today in this podcast episode. We'll also look at one text uh, from Matthew where we see that this helps. This is the one about leaving your father and mother, hating your father and mother in order to be a disciple of Jesus. All right. Now, just to also let you know, these are the sorts of things that I talk about in my online discipleship group. Uh, I am a disciple of Jesus, and I want to encourage and support and interact with other disciples of Jesus, and so I do have an online discipleship group. We have online courses and forums, a private Facebook group, there's classes and uh, Facebook live Facebook video chats, all sorts of things where we encourage one another to follow Jesus on the path of discipleship. If that's something that is interesting to you, you can learn more about it and join this discipleship group by going to redeeminggod.com slash join. Okay? Uh, this podcast episode is taken from one of the online courses uh, called the Gospel Dictionary. And uh, the Gospel Dictionary looks at 52, yes, 5-2 keywords on the gospel. Uh, it defines the word, looks at several key texts about the word, and then um, there's, there's 52 of them. So this one is from the lesson on discipleship. Surprise, surprise. Okay. So uh, anyway, that is uh, that course is available to you once you join the discipleship group. Again, learn more and join just by going to redeeminggod.com slash join. Okay. With that in mind, let's turn to our study of this question. Are believers in Jesus and disciples of Jesus the same thing? So here's a truth that I have found, which I think, if you can remember this, will help you understand, unpack, decipher many tricky and often misunderstood Bible passages. All right, here it is. Sort of comes in three parts. And I'm going to state it, and then I will unpack each part for you. Here's, here it is. Though all believers have eternal life, not all believers are disciples, and not all disciples are believers. All right, so let me unpack that. I know it's sort of complicated the first time you hear it, especially if you're just listening to this, you don't see it on paper in front of you. 
uh, and does seem a little confusing at first. So let me just unpack each of the three statements that I made. The first one is that all believers have eternal life, okay? And we know this from multiple places in the Bible, especially the very words of Jesus that are found all over the place in the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is the Gospel of belief, and it is one of the main books in the Bible that tells us how to have eternal life. Over and over and over in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, if you believe in me, if you believe in Jesus, then you have everlasting life. Just think of John 3.16, the most famous verse in the Bible, but you could also look at John 5.24, 6.47, lots of other passages in the Bible as well. The consistent and clear offer of eternal life in the Bible, and especially from Jesus himself, is that... If you believe in Jesus, then you have eternal life. And so we don't need to doubt the words of Jesus on this. If he says it, then we can trust what he says, okay? And so that is the first part of the statement. All believers have eternal life. If you believe in Jesus, then you have eternal life, okay? Now, there really shouldn't be anything too controversial about that statement. (laughs) The strange thing is, many, many Christians do not agree with Jesus, You'll hear many people say, oh, well, even the demons believe. And by the way, I've talked about that in some podcast episodes. They'll say, oh, well, you know, faith alone isn't enough. Well, Jesus differs. Jesus disagrees. Jesus says that faith alone in him is enough. Okay? But many, many Christians say, well, no, we also need to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. We need to be baptized. We need to commit our life to him. Right? We need to obey Jesus, follow Jesus, and perform all sorts of good works in order to you know, prove that we really have eternal life or prove that, that, that he's given us that, that justification, prove that we're part of the family of God, or maybe keep ourselves within God's good graces, something like that. Okay, But look, you take any one of those passages that people often quote or cite to defend that point of view, that you have to commit your life to Jesus, follow Jesus, obey Jesus, whatever it is, go find one or any of those Bible passages and look in the context, and you will discover that they are not talking about eternal life at all, except instead they're talking about becoming a disciple of Jesus. Okay, now maybe you're thinking about the rich young ruler passage, okay? Again, we'll talk about that in some future podcast episode. In this podcast episode, all I'm doing for you right now is introducing this concept to you. All right? First then, foremost, over and over in the Bible, all believers have eternal life. That's the first part of the statement. Second part of the statement, not all believers are disciples. Okay? And here's where we get into the key distinction between a believer and a disciple. All right? Uh, And let's just talk about discipleship for a brief minute understanding what it is and how it worked in the ancient world. Ancient discipleship was very close to what you and I today might call apprenticeship. All right, A person would decide they wanted to perform a certain job, you know, maybe become a bricklayer or a carpenter or whatever, and so they would go find a master teacher and sign on to learn that trade, that craft, from that teacher, from that craftsman. All right? And this, this, this teaching, this education, this training usually progressed in four stages. First, the student, the pupil, the disciple, the apprentice would listen to the master's instructions. All right. Second, the student would watch the master perform whatever it is he was teaching, the action. Third, the student would perform the action himself 
while the master was helping him do it. All right, it was hands-on experience with the master standing right there. Fourth and finally then, the teacher, or I'm sorry, the student would do the action himself without the master's involvement and eventually would be able to teach others to do the same thing also. Okay, so those are the four stages of discipleship. And um, the, the word for disciple in scripture is mathetes. And so whenever we see this word disciple or following Jesus, that is what Jesus has in mind. And again, of course, a lot of times in Christian circles today, we think a disciple is somebody who can just quote the Bible, has read the Bible. You know, well, I've read the Bible, so therefore I'm a disciple. No, you might be in the very first stage of discipleship where you are learning from the master, but that is not a complete and fully trained disciple. One who is fully trained becomes like his master doesn't just be able to quote Bible verses and talk about difficult theological concepts, but actually is able to do what Jesus did, what we see Jesus doing in the Gospels, okay? Yes, classroom teaching, taking notes, reading books, reading the Bible even, it's very important for the discipleship process, but it's only that first stage, all right? A true disciple is one who progresses past the classroom so that they can do, actually do on their own what the teacher taught them, okay? Now, think of any craft, any skill, any trade, or even just the act of following Jesus. Is that something you can learn in a week? Is that something you can learn in a day? Is that something you can pick up from reading a couple books or even reading the Bible every day of your life? No. Following Jesus, the life of discipleship of following Jesus, is a lifelong process, Nobody can learn everything there is to know about Jesus. No person can ever fully resemble, fully imitate, fully practice everything Jesus taught and everything Jesus did. Okay? All who are disciples of Jesus are going to spend their entire life learning from Jesus and following in his footsteps. Okay? Now, that's discipleship. Now, let's equate this, relate it to uh, believing in Jesus for eternal life. When a person believes in Jesus for eternal life, they are immediately, instantly brought into the family of God. They are made a child of God. And as part of that, they are called, invited, welcomed to follow Jesus, take the next step in becoming his disciple. That's what uh, baptism, for example, is is part of, is is, uh, the first step of. Okay? But someone who is a believer in Jesus can choose to not follow Jesus on the path of discipleship. God isn't going to force them. He doesn't override their will. He doesn't, you know, take over and and turn them into robots. Okay? There is an invitation and a call, and we can rebel. We can refuse if we want. But notice this. If a person is born again into the family of God, they are a brand new babe. And if they decide to not eat the meat and follow Jesus and change their life and get rid of sin and commit themselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that doesn't mean they weren't born again. It doesn't mean they are not a babe in Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean that they are not part of the family of God. All it means is they've decided, you know what? I don't want to grow up. I don't want to become a spiritual adult. I I, I like being a baby for my entire life, immature and ignorant, (laughs) right? And so uh, they may be a believer, they have eternal life, but they are not a disciple. They are refusing to grow up. All right, so that's the second statement. It is possible to be a believer but not 
be a disciple. In other words, not all believers are disciples. Such a person's still in the family of God, but they are not properly participating. They're not active in the family of God. God's not going to kick them out. Okay? If you have a child that is rebellious and wayward, you know, you might try to discipline them, you might try to teach them, you might try to train them, and they might cause you pain because of their rebellious attitude. But if you love them as God loves us, you're not going to kick them out of your family. You're going to have eternal hope for them that they will come to their senses, come around, and uh, rejoin the activity, the participation, the fellowship in the family, as I talked in the previous podcast episode. Okay? So anyway, that's the second insight. It leads to the third surprising insight, which is this. Not all disciples are believers. Okay, I just said that not all believers are disciples, but the opposite is also true. Not all disciples are believers. In other words, it's possible to be a disciple of Jesus and not be a believer. Right? It is possible for someone to follow Jesus, listen to the teachings of Jesus, maybe even want to copy some of the ways and uh, ideas of Jesus, and yet never actually believe in him for eternal life. We can think of some examples from Scripture that might fit this. For example, Judas Iscariot. He might be one of the examples. Now, there's actually um, some good evidence, not to lead you on a rabbit trail here, but there's some good evidence, possibly, that Jesus or Judas did, in fact, believe in Jesus. And so he'll, he has eternal life. I mean, uh, there's a whole book on there. Anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit trail. Um, but let's just go with the, the traditional view here that Judas was not a believer, and yet he was a disciple. In fact, he was an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he followed Jesus around, listened to his teachings, even participated in many of the things that Jesus did and taught with his other disciples. Judas was a disciple, and yet most people believe that he was not a believer. So there's an example of, of the fact that not all disciples are believers. We can go and you can look at John 6 and even some other passages in the Gospel of John and elsewhere, where Jesus had many disciples and they were following him for food or miracles or whatever. But then when he invited them to believe in him, as he did in John chapter 6, gave them some hard teachings, many of them wanted nothing to do with that, and so they turned away. All right, here's some more. Those are some more examples of people who were disciples but not believers. We can even think in modern times of some examples of this. For example, many people are aware of Gandhi from India, who led this revolution, this this non-violent revolution to free India from the rule of Great Britain. Uh, Gandhi often said that it was one of his goals in life to follow the teachings of Jesus, especially those found in the Sermon on the Mount. Gandhi believed that the Sermon on the Mount was one of the pinnacles of human teachings available anywhere in the world throughout all of human history. And so Gandhi sought to follow those teachings and live them out in his own life. But Gandhi, by his very testimony, his very words, said that he was not a believer in Jesus. All right? He followed the teachings of Jesus, but he was not a believer in Jesus for eternal life. We can go to other multiple other examples, but I'm just showing you it is possible to, just as it's possible to be a believer but not a disciple, so also it's possible to be a disciple but not a believer. Now, ideally, what's the ideal situation? The ideal situation is to be both, <laughs> right? To be both a believer and a disciple. You believe in Jesus for eternal life, and then you follow Jesus, the teachings and example and instructions of Jesus, 
for the best life now, to, to live this life, to have not only eternal life, but the abundant life that Jesus wants and desires for each and every one of us. All right? So, so make sure you get those two concepts straight. Believing in Jesus for eternal life, following Jesus as a disciple for the abundant life, for, for, your best, for, the, for the best way to live your life here and now. And of course, there's eternal consequences for living your best life now, um, inheritance and reward and so on, and the future kingdom, and, and even on into eternity. But, but again, those are all discipleship truths, which again, we will talk about eventually, both in my online discipleship group and a little bit uh, here and there in my One Verse podcast as well. So with this concept in mind, let me just briefly, real quickly, talk about one passage that, that, uh, to sort of show you how this works. Uh, that many people have trouble with. The passage is Matthew 10, 37 to 39, where Jesus talks about some costly and difficult conditions for being uh, his disciple. All right, and it is to, you know, hate your father and mother. Unless a person abandons, leaves, hates his father and mother, Jesus says, he cannot be my disciple. I counseled a a, a man uh, several years back who loved his parents and loved his wife and his children and did not want to hate them, (laughs) I'm the same way. I love my wife, love my parents, love my children. I don't hate them. I don't want to hate them. I never will hate them. But this man I talked to believed that he needed to hate and abandon his wife and his children and his parents if he was going to be a real Christian, if he was going to receive eternal life, if he was going to end up in heaven when he died. And so he was torn. He was distraught. As are you, as are I. If that's what Jesus is actually teaching, what? But isn't it strange? Jesus wants us to love our brothers. Love our sisters, love our children, love our parents, love our wives, our spouses, our husbands. How can then Jesus elsewhere say, no, you need to hate them or you can't be my disciple? Well, again, you need to understand there's some cultural background and context here to what Jesus was saying. Back then, if a person abandoned the faith of their fathers, you know, the religion of their ancestors, and they would be seen as a traitor, not only to their family, but to their culture and society. And back then, they lived in this honor-shame culture. And often, if a child, you know, became a part of another religious group or something like that, Christianity wasn't really a religion at the time. Uh, it really shouldn't be today either. But again, a family would, would go to their son or their daughter who had converted and say, look, you can choose. You can either choose to go that way into that other belief system, that other way of living, in which case we will write you off, you will be dead to us, you will never have anything to do with us again. We will hate you, despise you, reject you. You will never come over for holidays or family gatherings, nothing. Or you can abandon this new religious belief and continue to remain in the family. And Jesus is basically saying here in Matthew 10, 37 to 39, that you have, if that happens to you, then you have a choice to make. You can choose Jesus, choose to continue to follow Jesus, the way of Jesus, and forsake your family, or you can forsake your family and gain a different family, the family of God, the family of Christianity. And those are the choices. Okay? And Jesus says, look, if you're going to be my disciple, my follower, these are some of the hard decisions you might face in life. And I hope, Jesus says, that you will choose me over your family if it comes to that. All right? Jesus is not saying here, if it comes to be this decision and you reject me, then you will spend eternity burning in hell. (laughs) Okay, lots of people interpret it that way. It's not what Jesus was saying. He's saying, if you choose that way, look, uh, you're going to miss out on some of the benefits, some of the blessings that come 
to disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus. Uh, you won't experience what Jesus, all that Jesus wants for you in your life. All right, you, you might still have eternal life. That's very possible. If you're a believer in Jesus, then of course you still have eternal life. All right, Jesus is not saying that we should hate our family members and treat them in unloving ways. All right, but that has nothing to do with Jesus. I've heard people say that also. Well, I left my family and my wife behind because I need to follow Jesus. No, <laughs> so many scripture passages teach against that idea. Instead, Jesus is just saying, look, if it comes down to it, you have to choose between them and following Jesus. Jesus encouraged you to pick him. Most of us are not in that situation. Most of us, Jesus is calling us to love our spouses, love our children, love our parents. That's what Jesus is calling most of us to do. And we follow Jesus in the path of discipleship by taking care of our family members. So most of us are not in this sort of situation that Jesus is talking about. But again, Bottom line point is, if you don't understand the difference between believing in Jesus for eternal life and following Jesus on the path of discipleship in this life, then passages like Matthew 10, 37 to 39, are going to create many, many, many problems for you. But once you understand the difference, then you can see what Jesus is actually talking about, okay? So that's the difference between believing in Jesus for eternal life and following Jesus on the path of discipleship for this life. Let me just go back to that opening statement I had. Should all make sense to you now. Though all believers have eternal life, not all believers are disciples. And not all disciples are believers. Ultimately, of course, we want to be both. A believer in Jesus for eternal life and a disciple of Jesus during this life. Um, because that is where the best way to live can be found. All right, as part of the active family of God. I hope that all makes sense. If not, you can leave a comment in the comment section for this podcast episode. Just go to redeeminggod.com and you can search it or find it uh, there. Uh, look for Believers versus Disciples. That's the, the website address if you want to search Google for it, for redeeminggod.com. Uh, but if you also wanted to ask questions or comments about this, the easiest way to do that would be to join my online discipleship group at redeeminggod.com join. You can ask the question in our private forum where we invite these sorts of questions, have these sorts of discussions, or even in our private Facebook group. Also, by joining the discipleship group, you'll get access to emailing me directly, and that's always fine as well, okay? So, um, again... Uh, this, this, this lesson is, I, I talk about it in great, much more detail and look at many other biblical passages that are related to this concept in the Gospel Dictionary online course. Again, uh, the course is usually about $300, but when you join the discipleship group, you can take it at no additional charge. No, this doesn't cost, it's free for you, okay? So uh, go to redeeminggod.com slash join to learn more and sign up today. I can't wait to see you there. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Uh, next week, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what we will be studying. I wish I could tease you with it, but I've drawn... A oh, you know what? We're going to look at Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, which is about discipleship. In fact, I'm going to interview a friend of mine named Kent Young, who's written an excellent commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. So we're going to talk about the Sermon on the Mount and... <laughs> what it is and what it is not. We'll also look at several of the key difficult passages from the Sermon on the Mount that many people get confused about. For example, let me just pull up my notes here. Uh, one of them, for example, is 
Matthew 5.22, whoever says, to, says you fool will be in danger of hellfire. What is that about? Uh, Matthew 7.13 talks about entering through the narrow gate. What is that about? And have you entered through the narrow gate? And how do you? We'll probably talk about Matthew 5.29 and 30 as well. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it from you. It is better for one of your members to go into hell, right? Then for your whole body to be cast into hell. What is that about? We'll be talking about these and other passages as it relates to discipleship and the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, thank you for listening. We'll see you then when we talk about Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and discipleship.